next on BYU Sports Nation. All of the wrong bounces in Boise. What happened? BYU basketball needing a rebound in multiple ways. What's the more surprising result the men's hoops win at Houston or the loss to the Broncos? Plus, the BYU player that should capitalize the most on a historically bad UMass defense. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, November 21st, happy BYUSN ugly Christmas sweater day. Who says they're ugly? Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with... Region 2 Ugly Sweater Champion, Jerem Jordan. Okay, the BYU store has a true blue sale today until 6 Mountain Time, so you can get 20% off store-wide. Get ready for Christmas like uh, we did at the BYU store. We've got some ugly sweaters, and uh, yeah, you're right. These are ugly. <laughs> we love, I love them. It. I love it. We love them. I love the ugliness. But they're ugly, right? It's beautiful ugly, if that makes sense at all, and it probably doesn't. No, it doesn't. All right. Hopefully today's show lineup makes a little bit of sense. Jonathan Tavernari will join us. He's fired up after BYU basketball lost at Boise State last night. What's more surprising, the win in Houston for the Cougars or the loss in Boise? Our and one results from that game. And Carlos Swenson Haslam on a double game day at Southfield in the NCAA tournament tells us why BYU should worry about Louisville. And in case you missed it, some images that – Frankly, you just have to see. Speaking of Christmas specials last night, Jeremy, we'll get into that. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, BYU men's basketball loses in overtime. Another tough, close loss. This time at the hands of Boise State, 72-68. Jake Toulson led the team with 19 points, 6 rebounds. He had a chance to win the game in regulation, but his shot fell short. We we spent a lot of this game just trying to just in a desperate search for answers, and uh, you know I I was I was incredibly proud of our guys' fight, um, which is which is the number one constant we have to have. And then we just you know we just we just didn't come up with the right answers at the right time. Head coach Mark Pope and BYU at three and two. Now, if TJ Haas can figure it out at the three point line, that seems like a probable answer for Coach Pope. Haas went 0 for eight from the arc last night. Cougars now head to Hawaii for the Maui Jim Maui Invitational next week. First game Monday, November 25th against UCLA. Game 11 of the Cougar football season goes down Saturday between BYU and UMass in Amherst, Massachusetts. Kalani Stocky says the Cougars are doing some extra prep for another Eastern time zone game. If you think about it, the game will be 10 a.m. our time. So um, get out there and do some early morning things and get these guys adjusted to the time and Get ready to play. You know we can't. Um, we've we've been in this position before and played at this kickoff time before. And and uh, I'm not saying that our, I don't think our guys played flat. They came out ready to play. Just uh, we have something to prove now. Listen to Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific, Saturday with BYU TV's countdown to kickoff an hour later. BYU women's soccer hosts Louisville in round two of the NCAA tournament tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Elise Flake leading the Cougars with an amazing 19 goals and 6 assists this season. Tonight's match marks the first meeting ever for both teams. The winner will get either NC State or Arkansas on Saturday. And uh, if BYU wins that game, we'll have the game on BYU TV. 
Two school records were broken yesterday for the BYU swim and dive team. Sophomore Glenn Gustafson, the truth, mm. broke her own school record in the 50 free with a time of 22.43. That is blazing. And the men's 400 medley relay team swam a new record, 3.11.41. Both teams continue competition at the Missouri Invite. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Fresh off one of the biggest wins in BYU basketball recent memory over Houston, the Cougars go to Boise and lose in overtime. BYU scored 20 points in the first half. Got things figured out a little bit better in the second half. Had an opportunity to win in regulation, but couldn't pay it off, ultimately dropping the game by four points at the hands of the Broncos. Jerem, what happened to BYU basketball? Uh, they missed a lot of shots at the rim. That was the first thing that stuck out to me. There were some moments there where BYU had a chance to finish a little more and, and didn't. 29% from three isn't good. Seven of 24. Uh, BYU's late game execution, aside from a TJ Haas bounce at Houston, has been tough against San Diego State. Didn't make some plays down the stretch. Down Good enough against Southern Utah. Step back from Jake Toulson. Some made free throws. And now BYU struggled against Boise State. So the Cougars have some things to figure out. It's early in the season. They were trying to figure those out anyway. But without Yoli Childs, no Gavin Baxter, Jake Toulson's back, TJ Haas is there. How does Alex Barcella fit in? Connor Harding's playing well. How much should he have a, a role in things? Colby Lee's your main guy down low. It's just kind of weird right now. Jake Toulson's a good player, but the last two games in the final minute, he's turned the ball over. And those have, uh, I guess, in overtime. Uh, it, it's been hard, right? I think Jake Toulson's better than that. I feel like BYU's offense right now is slow and indirect. I would like a more deliberate pace and more direct. It feels like BYU's handing off, trying to see if something's going to work. It feels like it's being defended rather easily, and BYU's not shooting the three great. I'm wondering if Connor Harding should have a bigger impact on this team. Seven for 11 from three right now. He's benefiting from a drive and kick. Uh, Alex Barcelo, 6 of 12 from 3. Should these guys be shooting more? Um, it's Haas and Toulson right now. Perhaps a little more of offensive diversity might be in order. And three-point defense has been really interesting. I tweeted this out last night. The three, last three games, opponents for BYU, against BYU, 7 of 48, 15%. Whoa. Yet these games are close. Meaning, BYU probably should have lost some of these games. Well, so BYU's not really shooting the three well either. Right, but it's not close to 15%. I mean, the fact that BYU is playing close games and the opponents are shooting so poorly, credit BYU to a certain point about that defense, I, th- I think these games shouldn't have been as close with those poor shooting numbers. A couple of things jump off the page, and Mark Pope, I think, gave us the answer. What happened? BYU didn't have the answers last night. They were in scramble mode trying to figure it out, and this is how it's going to be until Yoli Childs returns. Every game is going to have its own unique feel, and BYU coaches are going to have to be adjusting constantly. We've known that Yoli was suspended for a while, though. But you can't really know what to expect until you get in the heat of the moment. And every team, it's about matchups. It's about matchups in basketball more so than ever, and BYU's going to have to just trying to string together things and win ugly. With no Yoli, it's win ugly. That is the goal for BYU basketball right now. However you have to do it, win ugly. They have a five-point loss to San Diego State, four-point loss to Boise State. BYU is one Yoli Childs away from being 5-0. and is, is that where we are with this? Is BYU... No, we're at 3-2. and I know. Is BYU 5-0 and if Yoli Childs is playing? Yes, but he's not. Okay, so BYU is one Yoli Childs away from being undefeated. They don't have answers right now, and the three-point shooting has it just has to get picked up. And it has to be from TJ Haas specifically, Jerem, which brings us to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. TJ Haas is 4 for 24 from the three-point line this season. That's good for 16.7%. So BYU, over the last few games, holding their opponents to 15%. TJ Haas shooting about that rate as well. 4 for 24. If one of TJ Haas' threes goes down last night, BYU probably beats Boise State. Yeah. One. I tweeted this number out last night because I was so shocked by, whoa, 0 of 8? What is he this year? And then I was like, wait, he's 4 of 16 coming into the game? This is, this is bad. TJ Haas is a way better shooter than He'll this. He'll figure it out. But, He'll figure it out. But it hurts because uh, this, this it's not just TJ. TJ's got to play better for sure because he's one of the top two players on the team right now. Jake Toulson is shooting the ball well enough, but I, I think there needs to be a little more offensive diversity right now. Topic two, bigger surprise this far in the basketball season. The Houston win or the Boise State loss? Oh, it's easy. It's the Houston win. BYU was a 12-point underdog going to Houston in a place that the other Cougars had only lost once in the last 37 games up to that point. The Fertitta Center is a serious home court advantage. Houston's a top 30 team. BYU got a quad one win on the road with a buzzer beat. It's clearly Houston. Keep in mind, Ken Pomeroy had BYU as a two-point favorite at Boise State last night. He expected this to be a close game. I expected this to be a close game. BYU is a Jake Toulson shot away from making that come true. That was an air ball, by the way. What's that like? Jake's way better than that, too. That doesn't even hit the rim? Shoot. BYU had a shot to win by two at the end of regulation. That game was exactly what it was supposed to be. Close on the road against a team that BYU, I think, is better than but just couldn't get a few shots to drop. Dalton Nixon misses a point-blank layup on a putback that also could have helped BYU beat Boise State. So, yeah, a couple of shots just don't go down. But this game was was what was supposed to be. Close, competitive, and it's a tough road loss for BYU. So it's clearly more shocking that BYU beat Houston on the road, and they have a quad one win five games into the season. If Boise State was supposed to be close, then BYU got lucky at Houston, right? That's the implication there, because BYU wasn't supposed to win the Houston game. So, yeah, I agree with you. The Houston win was awesome. Um, Boise State lost. This isn't an NCAA tournament team. I don't even know. Is it an NIT team? I don't know. But that was a tough loss, right? Houston win was huge. I'm more surprised that BYU won at Houston. And BYU uh, got a nice bounce, right, to win that game. If that ball doesn't go in, that's, that's a loss. And BYU's sitting at 2-3, and three, and we're really scratching our heads right here. Well, yeah, saying, maybe BYU— No Yoli Childs, ah! Let's say that that shot doesn't go in in Houston, but maybe BYU does get a bounce against Boise State. The Cougars are still 3-2, and two, but they don't have the quad one victory. Yeah, the quad one victory is not going to matter on Selection Sunday in all likelihood, but it's nice. Enjoy the journey. Get some nice wins. Get some wins you're not supposed to. Unfortunately, you get some losses you're probably not supposed to. Pierre's not supposed to lose at Boise State. That, that's, a, that's a tough loss. That's a growing pain for this group. Cougars survived Southern Utah last week. So it's interesting to see this group evolve. And once Yoli comes back, I don't think it's like everything's great immediately. I think he will help this team a ton. But I still think there's going to be a feeling out process with, okay, what's the spacing like? What's the role of Colby Lean now? Does he play a bunch? Right now he's playing a ton because BYU doesn't have size. 
What offensively, how's the flow? I think BYU has some good guards. I and like I said, I want to see a little more Harding and Barcelo. Absolutely, among this group, I think that's a good backcourt. Connor Harding is going to be a problem for opponents for a long time to come. I don't think this year though, because Toulson, Haas, and Barcelo are two seniors and one junior. Not and to mention Childs coming in. I would like uh, to see what BYU can figure out with that. BYU still on pace to go five and four through the first nine, which I think ultimately is a win. With no Yoli Childs, BYU just needs to get to 5-4 and four through the first nine, and then we'll see what happens. On to BYU football, and we all know that BYU should not win ugly against UMass. This is an historically bad UMass team. We brought up the Sagarin ratings last week. The Minutemen were 225. They were ranked behind almost 100 FCS teams. I mean, that is crazy. They're so bad, and BYU should absolutely take advantage UMass giving up 52 points a game. BYU is a 40.5 favorite in this game. Jerem, which BYU player individually will benefit the most from playing a terrible UMass defense? Zach Wilson, the quarterback. I don't think he's had a great game this year, in my opinion. Let's explain. At Toledo, he threw for 315, but he threw a late pick that cost BYU the game, and he broke his thumb on that play. USC was a really good performance. 280 yards, one touchdown, one rushing. Um... I want a four-touchdown or five-touchdown day from Zach. I want efficiency. Uh, I want to see a great passer rating. I want to see lots of completions, explosion, quantified by nine-plus yards per attempt at least. His uh, TD-to-interception ratio right now is seven to five. That's, that's not great. The competition was tough in the first few games. I'll, I'll give him that. And he was out for some of the lesser competition. But uh, needed a little bit more last week from Idaho State. So I, I think... Zach Wilson will benefit the most. UMass is the worst scoring in total defense in FPS. That just screams opportunity. And this is not 2017 BYU. The Cougars played the worst scoring in total defense in FPS in 2017 at East Carolina, where your boy Garden Minshew played in that game, by the way. Jaguars starting quarterback. Gardner Minshew. Uh, but BYU was a definitely a different group. This is like Zach Wilson going back to his high school days. Okay, he was a star at Corner Canyon High School. Zach's matched up against the sophomore team at Corner Canyon High School this oh, week. Oh, wow. Oh, he wow. should absolutely <laughs> dominate the competition. Shouldn't he have done that last week, too, though? Is Idaho State similar well, to the They're the JV so- team. They're the Idaho JV team. Idaho State is the JV. Yes. You're giving them a lot of credit, man. UMass is the sophomore team. Zach Wilson should absolutely crush this team. It should be, yes. A 70% completion day. Three or four touchdowns through the air. BYU should have 500 yards. Of Three's not offense. enough. Let's go. Well, what if he runs one in? and BYU? I don't care how BYU scores 52 points. Just get to 52 and win by 40. I care how. It's like, UMass. BYU it should all be win. available. BYU needs to win this game 52 to 10. Something like that. And Zach Wilson needs to embarrass the sophomore team. It's time to step up and do it. And he will. He will benefit the most from a terrible. They are terrible. What if he doesn't? Is, is Baylor Romney an option at all against San Diego State? Then it becomes a like, conversation. I don't see it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing it out. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Then that conversation happens. I don't know that it will take, like, yeah, the it, actual move would take place, but then that gonna, conversation would happen. But I don't think gonna it's going to come to that. Yeah. Zach Wilson's going to dominate shouldn't. the that's sophomore team at Corner Canyon High School. Let's Idaho go. State's also the sophomore team. No way no, they're JV, the JV. JV no team. way. JV team. Idaho State. What are you, Trevor Maddich? Come on, man. <laughs> don't sleep on the JV team. <sighs> You should when you're the varsity. Let's go. (laughs) Our question of the day. Which BYU football player will benefit the most from playing the 130th dead last ranked UMass defense and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is 
the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At checks underscore over underscore strides 59 in on Instagram. Zach freaking Wilson <laughs> looked a little rusty against we, the Bengals, but this will help him so much to get back in the groove before we play San Diego State and pick up that dub. Yes, BYU's offense needs to bring in against San Diego State. This is all this is this is all prep for next week. It really is. Get some turkey, Thanksgiving, enjoy that, and then boom, San this Diego State. This needs to be the feel-good game. Like, BYU I thought last week was supposed crush. to be that, too. No, because I think Zach had the transition. It's the transition game. Now, now there are no excuses. It's time. No, you've got to show up against an FCS it's team. Time. No excuses. This is an FCS week. team again. <laughs> it was 20 years ago, right? I think they transitioned in the 90s, whatever. Okay, coming up, and one results from the basketball game last night. And Jonathan Tavernari, former BYU basketball sharpshooter on how the Cougars can find the sharpness in their shooting collectively. And what happened? Hey, what? Hey, we have a dress code here. No ties. This what is are BYU you doing? Sports Nation, baby. What are you doing? No ties. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wake up Saturday morning with BYU TV. Countdown to kickoff. Join Dave, Blaine, David, and Tanner Mangum in Studio C and Spencer Linton in Amherst, Massachusetts as we get you ready for BYU at the sophomore team, as Spencer called. Yep. UMass, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific on BYU TV. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside a guy that did play on the sophomore basketball team at one point, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, like uh, Michael Jordan, I was cut from the JV. <laughs> and now look where you are. Uh, not playing sports. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about it. Joining us now, a man who made his way on the varsity team, on several varsity teams for that matter, and in his professional ranks was also really good. Jonathan Tavernari, BYU basketball analyst, former Cougar. Welcome back to Studio B, Jonathan. In a tie, no it's good, less. No, it's great to have you, but you are. we have a dress code here that we did not discuss with you, I guess. We have a no-tie policy. Right. I, stay stay in this garb, though. This is good. Reading the fine print, I didn't get down to the you know, <laughs> okay, contract. Listen, so. listen, listen. We got a BYU Sports Nation shirt for oh. you for next time, okay? <laughs> okay. This, this is brand new. Oh, this is I brand new. It. As of last week, these are fresh. Did you watch Crew it only? after you wore it? No, smell it, though. Yeah. <laughs> You can have this after two. Should I put this over it? You're okay. You're no, okay for no, now. No, you're good. You yeah, look great. No, no, it's you okay. Just, you really just show us up. That's the idea. Is We're in we, ugly we don't Christmas sweaters, too, yeah. so right. like the contrast is <laughs> yeah. really bad. We look well, like a bunch of amateurs. Show you guys up not only on the dress code, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Jonathan, what happened to BYU basketball last night against Boise State? I know the Cougars were a two-point favorite according to Ken Palmer. I expected it to be a close game, but I did expect them to beat Boise State. What happened? Um, I think that they never really recovered from the fact that they they beat Houston on Saturday. Uh, The beginning of the game in Houston, the first half, was amazing, right? That's what you expected from this team. You expected them to play well, uh, to knock down open shots, to be aggressive. It was probably um, Dalton Nixon's best all-around game with rebounding, uh, being aggressive. I thought that when they were playing through Kobe in and out, um, he had an amazing game, right? Just listening um, over and over again, um, even to Greg Rubel talking about on the radio, Kobe Lee, career night in rebounds, career night in assists, and, and so forth. So in my mind, watching the game, it truly felt that it kind of carried over the excitement of playing against Houston. and like, they a, were, like a big wing hangover. And they weren't able to have the sense of urgency to play again a very less talented Boise State team. Just looking from their body language, the way that the team responded, um, it, it, it felt like they 
I don't want to say um, thought the game was going to be easy, but they didn't have the same sense of urgency they have against uh, Houston. Because against Houston, they came out firing, right, on all cylinders. Jake was on point. Um, TJ and Alex were effective, um, but none more so than, I think, Kobe, guys coming off the bench. I thought Connor. Um, Connor's doing amazing, you know, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I think Connor should be playing more. But it they didn't have the sense of urgency in my in my in my perspective. And when they did in the second half, it was a little bit too late, right? It always felt that they were that one step behind to be able to put the game away. It felt like oh, the game's too easy. Well, let's take this off. Or oh, let's take this possession off. And they kept giving life to Boise, right? I mean, Boise, aside from Alston. And Williams, who ended up leaving with five fouls, and he was dominating on the block. Remind me a lot of Kenny Young. Okay. You yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but we could, I mean, and defensively, we didn't play that bad. Right. 58 points allowed in regulation. We did not, amazing. Uh, you know, BYU did not play that bad on defense. But offensively, just extremely stagnant, complacent, slow. Um, ben Crito probably said it. Probably the funniest thing is there was a lot of dribble, 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 and not enough pass, pass, pass. And I think, and I think that that was the main, probably the main thing that I saw from the game last night. Yeah, I feel like it's dribble handoff, and it's very indirect right now. I, I feel like BYU needs to be a little more direct, like get at the hoop and then pass out to Connor Harding, who hit back-to-back threes in a moment there. He's seven for eleven this year. Alex Barcel is six of twelve. I wonder if BYU needs more offensive diversity in terms of, you know what, Jake uh, Toulson and TJ Haas, you're tremendous players, but Alex uh, Barcelo and Connor Harding, we need you guys involved even more, all of you. I think T.J. Hawes is very scrutinized. I think he gets, you know, and we need. I, truth be told, right? Stats wise, there was a lot of hype about the Lone Peak Three, right? And if all of us here were to place a bad um, five years ago, that the only one standing would be him, everybody would take that action and call us crazy, right? But he gets scrutinized a lot. I think that he is the only player on a team that should have the permission or the green light to dribble and dribble and dribble and call for a screen because he's the only one that can create his shot effectively. Look at the game-winning shot. I think uh, TJ, um, excuse me, I think uh, Jake Toulson, for as crafty as he is, he needs to be more idolized on the post, back to the basket, reminding a little bit of Lee Kamard, maybe a little bit of Tyler Hawes, obviously Mm -hmm. not as effective as Lee, but um, to that sense, and... And not so many dribblings. All of my coaches, including Coach Rose, always said, JT, as soon as you get the ball, you get two dribbles. When you get the ball, pump fake, two dribbles. If you cannot get a good shot, pass the ball. Hmm. And I think Jake is a very good pick-and-roll player. But at the end of the games, it, it kind of you know the ball gets a little bit heavy, especially with the behind-the-back pass. Yeah, you know that was a tough one. And so, um, but I do think that it needs to be more slash and kick. That's what they did when they were successful. The first game of the season, I know they played against you know you're talking about a Cal State a, a sophomore team, but yet Alex's energy, TJ, uh, Jake Tolson, the penetrating you know slash and kick to Connor. To Trevin, that finally had his first three-pointer of the night yesterday of the season, but never played again in the second half. And so I think that the team needs to be a little bit more passing. You, you mentioned something about the passive handoffs, right? They're not attacking. Those plays and the way that they're playing with the you know, um, backdoor, swing, pick and roll, that's very effective. That's all guys do in Europe, and it's effective if you are aggressive. But if you're doing just to kill time off the clock – 
you know, you might as well be the Globetrotters. Jonathan Tavernari with us on BYU Sports Nation. All right, we've addressed a few things, some concerns. What's number one on the priority list to remedy this? And let's start with carrying the urgency from Houston over to Boise. How do you remedy something like that so that BYU shows up with energy after a big win? And oh, by the way, UCLA on Monday in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got a little light of fire, right? You know how we say in Portuguese, you got to light a fire on somebody's behind to be able to get them going. Because if not, they're going to be extremely exposed against a very solid UCLA team, right? And so I think the very first thing is the system works, right? Uh, the thing that I, I enjoy the most about Mark Pope is his system works. We've seen be successful, but they need to be aggressive, right? Um, it's almost as if a football analog- uh, an, um, analogy excuse me, is if you're just running a route but you're not going as well, and then you're supposed to do a cut, and you just kind of don't do it. Like instead of doing, uh, you know, a very sharp cut, you kind of just do like a half a moon. And so I think that uh, for BYU to be successful this year, they need to do what they did in the first half against Houston, right? Where not only they shot the ball well, but why did they shoot the ball well? How did they get those shots? Passing the ball, moving, sharp cuts, effective. Houston was a freakish uh, athletic team. Just incredibly They're so long, right? And yeah. I mean, how many times in the first half we saw them going to the layups and they're getting blocks, but BYU was effective because Alex had the ball. Um, I do think that he can play a little bit better than he's playing right now. We haven't seen him extremely involved um, since the the Cross State Fortson game, the first one. But I think that him, I think Zach Salias is kind of you know lacking a little bit right now. He had three shots yesterday that he made three three pointers. But when you watch, for instance, the game against San Diego State, you go, my goodness, Zach could do this every game. Three, four, five, three-pointers a game for Zach. It's not an exaggeration because of how they play, because of how good he is. And when you don't see that, you start questioning why, right? And so, and, and when I look at this team, I wonder, what, where was the sense of urgency? Because last night was a game that they should just show up in town, the Cougar show. No, the Cougar show is in town. You run them off the court. You get back on the bus in six hours. You're back home, um, and we didn't see that. You know, they just kept you know throwing a lifeline to a to a again a Boise State that deserved a win. Like the cliche says, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, and last night was a proof of that. Role definition is interesting for me right now because it feels like BYU stalling until Yoli gets here. When I think BYU should be like, you know what, we have nine games, this is our team, and Yoli will be added to this. So for Zach uh, Selyus, it feels like, now wait a minute, i got to come in and rebound and defend, and it almost takes away from three-point shooting a little bit. Alex Barcelo and Connor Harding are kind of like, it feels like, okay, Jake and, and TJ are the two seniors, and they're the guys. I don't know that that needs to be the case right now. I, I think that BYU has more options on this team that they could access. Well, and, and if you really think about it in that perspective, BYU could be 5-0 and eight right now. Yes. Without Yoli. Without, <laughs> and this is the thing that baffles me. On the drive here, I keep thinking, this team, talk about missed opportunities, right? About spilled milk. This team could be 5-0 and eight right now with, without your senior captain, one of the top 50 players in the country, preseason, war, I mean, 5-0. and all. And then you add a guy of that caliber to this team? Imagine that. Imagine the possibility. So it, it truly feels like a missed opportunity and, you know, just you never want to see what if. You want to control your own destiny. And I feel like the loss against San Diego State and the loss against uh, Boise State last night. And, and to be honest, I feel like those two losses – they were very kind of lucky against uh, Southern Utah as well. 
Because against SUU, they did not play well. He won so, ugly. Oh, of twelve from if three. It wa- if right. it wasn't if it wasn't Jake Tulson, you know, bailing them out at the end, with, wasn't on a pick and roll. If you guys remember the action, it was after a motion that he caught the ball and on movement and in motion he attacked, did the step back to knock down the shot. It wasn't him creating the shot, which is a big difference. And so if he doesn't knock down that three-point shot, um, you know, uh, the guy that looked like Rufio with the red hair, um, if, yes. if he doesn't miss a couple of free throws at the end, BYU could be right now two and three, having <laughs> lost at home against Southern Utah. And that, would, and that would, I'll tell you, that would not have been a good look. Right. And, and, oh! and you provide some good perspective. It's this close to being two and three, but it's this close to being five and oh, right? Yeah. BYU's three and two. Here we go. All right, BYU and UCLA on Monday in Maui. JT for three. Thanks for hanging out with us, man, and being the third member in Studio B. I appreciate it. I'm sorry that now I... Now you know the dress code. Now I know the dress code. Can I come on a, on a tank top next time? After workout? <laughs> for all of us, please right. do. <laughs> okay. Coming up, Carlos Swenson Haslam is in studio to discuss the second-round matchup in women's soccer against Louisville tonight. Plus, I'm making my move in our and-one picks. I wish it were after a BYU win, but here we are. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU at UMass is live and free. Yeah, I said it. On BYU Radio this Saturday, starting with Cougar pregame live with your boy Jason Shepard. 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific time. Save your 20 bucks. We didn't get to ask you on the air, Jerem. What would you do with the 20 bucks, or what will you do with the 20 bucks you're saving for not subscribing to, excuse me, Flow Sports? Four uh, Chalupa boxes at Taco Bell. Solid. Solid. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Without the text. With food on the mind, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Cougars lose 72-68 in overtime at Boise State last night. Jake Tulson led the Cougars with 19 points and six boards. TJ Haas went 0 of 8 from 3. Uh, take a picture. You'll never see that again. Seriously. Next up, UCLA and the Maui Invitational on Monday. Football. Game 11 for Cougar football goes down Saturday afternoon at UMass in Amherst, Massachusetts. Technically, it's the morning if you're in the Pacific or Mountain time zones. Kalani Satake says the Cougars will not sleep on the sophomore team, UMass, Jerem. Listen to Cougar pregame live on you BYU said the Radio. the sophomore team? No. Starting at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, and watch our live coverage, BYU TV's Countdown to Kickoff. Only one place you can watch BYU warm up and Zach Wilson specifically. Check it out. Soccer. Two-seed BYU hosts Louisville tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, in the second round of the NCAA Tournament, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio 107.9 FM. This is the first ever meeting between the two. Swimming and diving. Count them, two school records broken yesterday by the BYU Swim and Dive team. Sophomore Gwen Gustafson continues to roll, broke her own school record in the 53, 53 rather, with a time of 22.43 seconds. And the men's 400 medley relay team swam a new record. Three minutes, 11 seconds, 41 hundredths. Both teams continue competition today at the Missouri Invite. Volleyball. Number 13, women's volleyball hosts Portland tonight. Keep it weird. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on the WCC Network. Cougars have three matches left in regular season. BYU men's volleyball signs Zio Meyer, a setter out of Illinois. Welcome to the program. Fun, man. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Meek had 22 points, 11 rebounds, and a block in a Stockton Kings win against the Texas Legends in the G League. Kyle Collinsworth at Big Russia 5 because that's his Twitter handle. Scored 17 points, had four assists, grabbed seven rebounds in a Salt Lake City Stars win last night. Softball. Cougars signed Lolo Salcedo, Natalie Sakairo, Taryn Lennon, and Violet 
Zavodnik. 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 Yeah, no, that's, yeah. those are tough. Those are tough. Look forward Zavodnik. to uh, saying those names on the regular. Zavodnik with the homer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerem, we have if, documented, unfortunately, BYU's overtime loss to Boise State last by, night. By the way. For the last half an hour. I, I don't want to point out the negative. I just noticed this. This is shocking. Okay. T.J. Hodson with negative 16 and plus minus. Mm. That's not good. BYU can be better, and they will be. Hopefully it's Monday. I think I'm getting better yeah. in my and one picks. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jeremy, you're up first. Hey. You lead 9-3. Hey. So you led 9-3 going yeah. into last night. Remind yeah. the people what you picked. By two-pointer, BYU will make 10-plus threes. Mm. Boise State was one of the worst three-point uh, defenses in the country, and BYU went 7-24. of 24. Give me uh, some of that! And one! Well, I don't want more of that. I want less of that. Uh, my and one pick that doesn't matter... I'm taking the over at 148. 148 combined points. Uh, these teams combined for like 47 points in the first half. It was over early. It was over early. They got to 140 in OT, but alas, didn't eclipse 148. I thought it was going to get to the second overtime, and I was like, watch. It'll go oh, double overtime, and Jerem's going to have BYU. Will but make, it wouldn't have mattered. Well, BYU, I was like, BYU's going to make like a few more three-pointers oh, in double yeah. overtime, and he's going to get his picks. Hey, TJ, all I needed was a couple of threes! <laughs> all right, a rare 0 for 2 for Jerem. Okay, my first pick. I went head-to-head with you on this because I need mm. to catch up. BYU will not make 10-plus three-pointers. Swish! Yeah. You said something else with it. And I didn't think they would need to make 10 to beat the Broncos. <laughs> you know what? They only needed they to need make it. 8! They needed it! They needed 8! They needed it. won! Jake Toulson will lead the Cougars in scoring. Swish! And he did. Tools scored 19 points. So I go two for two. I get three points, make up a little bit of ground yeah. on Jerem Jordan. It's Early. now nine to six. But how about this? Jason Shepard making his garbage. ultra conservative picks. These are nonsense. He said the game would not come down to a last second buzzer beater. Swish! I don't really? think that's a swish. No, well, Jake Toulson did have a shot. I think it came down to a buzzer beater exactly. in so he regulation. Missed he missed it. He missed it. No. He went ultra conservative, no. ultra, ultra conservative, and listen, still didn't get it right. Listen, I'm going to unplug these picks just like the volume on the headsets against Houston did for the radio. <laughs> Again, what happened? The, the headsets unplugged because they were too loud. No, Shep didn't go two for two. Hey, Get new, that off the screen. Hey, new headsets. Look at that. Get that off the screen. Hey, Jason one. Shepard <laughs> said it. BYU will play at least seven players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. play 10. But that one doesn't matter because you know he didn't what? get his first pick. You know what? Jason's going to get what he wanted, which is that he doesn't pick. All right. Because these are garbage. Jason is. These are like UMass's defense. He was at negative three last week. Um, now he's wow. negative six. And now he's. Well, no, so no. He's not anything, negative six. Anything he. No, no, no. Just keep it going. Anything okay. he gets, he just goes backwards. Well, he didn't get it because it came. Like a buzzer beater happened. It, it did come down to a potential buzzer beater in regulation. So he's negative four. Nobody cares. <laughs> that voice, by the way, is the voice of Bob Beeler, who is the voice of football and men's basketball for Boise, Boise State. State. Yeah. Oh. Negative four, Jason. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> We're just running through all the drops. We need to find that one again and do something. Maybe we can do it with the BOE Football 2020 schedule. <laughs> yes, the sounder that applies to all the games. Trust me, we'll have a lot of days uh-huh, to figure that uh-huh. out. Coming up soon. Our question of the day, which oh. BYU football player will benefit the most from playing the dead last 130-ranked UMass defense and why? We've completely ignored the boys' day game. <laughs> the question of the day, we're like, anyways, football. <laughs> 
<laughs> at Mad Cougar eighty six on Twitter. Zach Wilson. He need, you and I said Zach Wilson as yes, well. Yes. Uh, he needs more live reps to prepare for San Diego State. Everyone gets it. And the bowl game. Keep him in until the half. Hopefully the second and third string players can have a good practice in the second half. I hope that Baylor Romney gets to play and BYU's up 40 I, to nothing at halftime. I don't. Oh, really? You want I, Zach to I play? Want him to to re- crazy? I want Baylor to rest in case he's needed for San Diego State. Oh, yeah. How is his foot? How, how's, we, how's the injury? We do, like, it was a surprise that he didn't play last week. Uh, I wonder if he'll play this week. We'll find out. Well, if he's You'll st- tell us on the field. If he's still sore, then yeah, by all means, rest right. and let Zach Wilson go bonkers. Yeah. Please, Zach, yeah, make it a stat game. Let's Have go. Have a 400-plus yard passing game. Do it. You know that ain't happening. They're going to run the ball. Coming up, in case you missed it, Lakes, Mad Faces, and Mailman Duck. <laughs> None of those have anything to do with our next guest, Carla Swenson-Haslam. Rather, she's ready for a double game day of the NCAA tournament. Should BYU be worried about Louisville? She's going to tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. What do you mean? Lakes, Mad Faces, Mailman Duck? All of those. Right? No. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer, who is a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, hosts Louisville in the second round of the NCAA tournament tonight. Watch the match, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, or listen on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM. Joining us now in Studio B to preview a double NCAA tournament day at Southfield in Provo, Utah, is... Analyst Carla Swenson has them, former BYU soccer What's player. Up? Carlita, How welcome to Studio B. Thank you, except I feel a little left out. I didn't bring my Christmas sweater for today. You can get one at the BYU store for And you of all people off. would appreciate that, right? Yes, I would, Spencer. I would. I'm currently celebrating Christmas. I mean, during the first round matchup against Boise State, Carla brought it up. When BYU was up 5-1. to one, Yeah, you have to explore other topics. Okay. Over Boise State, would have liked that win last night too, but got to talk. Sure. About. Carla brought up the question, is it okay to start listening to Christmas music on November 1st. These are the deep analysis and, conversations yes. that Spencer and I have during yes. You said yes. You said no. Uh, I'm typically, guessing. I'm an after Thanksgiving guy. And you're a pre You're a November 1st? Okay. I think I'm got after it. Thanksgiving. I think I'm after Thanksgiving. Maybe we should send out a poll on this show, and you can vote on it while we talk to Carla about things that matter almost as <laughs> yeah, much good, as that. Good call to action for the okay. control room. Carla, what are your emotions as a former player at BYU watching your former team try and make history this season? So... The selfish answer is, I wish I was out there playing. Yeah. The selfish answer is, like, I want to be there getting warmed up. I mean, the mornings before an NCAA game, like, all the energy is there, and you're trying to stay calm because your heart is racing a million miles an hour. You're so excited. The non-selfish part of me is super pumped for them, super excited because this team is so talented this year. I mean, still undefeated and really can make a deep run. You were with the team the last time they went to the Sweet 16. I was, yes. I was actually going to wear my Sweet 16 shirt today, but I worried that I would be jinxing it. So we'll, we'll wait okay. till then. Okay. okay. Uh, you're a lot of stitches. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a double game day uh, on the WCC Network. If you want to watch three-seed Arkansas, NC State, you and uh, Jason will have to call on that. And then uh, you two tonight with BYU Louisville. What do you think of this matchup with a uh, Cardinal team out of the ACC? I think BYU, I think BYU is going to win it. So I'm going all out there again. In your Don't unbiased opinion. In my unbiased opinion, I think uh, <laughs> BYU is going to win it. Be Why able... should BYU be concerned with Louisville, though? Louisville's defense is great. So their attack doesn't have some of that same star power or strength in some of the teams that they've already played, but their defense is very strong. They play a zonal-type defense, Louisville, and they just do a great job of shutting down quick players. And that's how BYU has scored a majority of their goals is by using speed. And so if Louisville's attack can slow that down, I think it's going to be hard for the Cougs to get a lot of goals. Explore more of what you just said. They play like a zone on defense. Generally, soccer is pretty zone-ish, right? Like I'm the right wing. I stay that right. Right. Not always, but so what do they do that's a little different? 
So some of you look at like some of the top teams in the WCC, Santa Clara, they'll play a man to man. And so they'll have someone tight on Elise Flake. They'll have someone tight on Cameron Tucker. Once they enter the offensive third kind of deal. Correct. Okay. It's wherever your line of confrontations set up and okay. it's going to be different for every team. And the the objective to that is to keep those talented players from turning. And BYU has had difficulty scoring on teams that play a man to man defense. Now, the Cardinals play a zonal. So you'd think that these t- these talented players would be able to take advantage of that and use the space, but what happens is that Louis ends up playing really high and with that zonal defense it means that they're able to predict BYU's offensive plays or at least some of the plays mm. of the teams they've played so how do you counter that offensively you go over the top ah. gotcha and so launch to Elise Flake and Cameron Tucker just find or find them through the seams it doesn't even have to be a long ball over their heads but find Elise Flake find Cameron Tucker in the seams now and who is that is that the back line with Alyssa Jefferson coming forward and finding their players off the top or is that strictly through Michaela Coulihan who by the way is the conference player of the year for BYU I think it's going to go through the midfield so I think it's going to have to go through Michaela Coulihan now the BYU's defense likes to get into the attack and so why not have Alyssa Jefferson? Why not have Josie Gwynn get into the attack, draw some players, and then play that seamed ball? But really, I think it's going to end up being through Michaela. Okay, should BYU win this game, and they would be a favorite, right, if there was a line or whatever, um, the, the winner of this game matches up with NC State and Arkansas. Potentially an Arkansas-BYU matchup would be pretty intriguing. Two teams in the top ten in the polls. Yeah, yeah, no, both teams very talented. Um, I've been in preparation for the Arkansas-NC State game. I'll be calling earlier today. I've been able to watch a little bit. And Arkansas plays a very different style to that of Louisville. So BYU, if they were to win this game, and Arkansas, if they were to win as the favorite, would have to prepare in two days for totally different teams that play mm. very, very different styles. Arkansas drops back far more, and so mm. Elise Flake will have to change up her style in just two days. Clearly, BYU has to take care of Louisville first. Then they'll probably get Arkansas unless NC State can pull an upset. But that said, is the minimum expectation for the Cougars this season the Elite Eight? I would definitely say so. I would definitely say so. I'm looking at the lineup, and BYU should be winning all their games to the Elite Eight. And then it's that Stanford matchup, which BYU could win, but that is going to be like the big pinnacle. I think if BYU could beat Stanford in the Elite Eight, I mean, at at that point, it's everybody's game. At that point, you can win the whole thing. I think Stanford is better than Virginia. Hmm. And so if, if BYU is able to get past Stanford in the Elite Eight... Anything could happen. In case you missed it, Stanford put up uh, 15 goals against Prairie View A&M in the first round. (laughs) Come on, Stanford, score more goals. Yeah, Stanford's the number one offense, and they made sure that stayed that way. Number two is BYU. Right. That could be a fun matchup, but but first the game tonight. Who's the BYU player right now that deserves more attention or notoriety? Because it's hard to get... It's easy, rather, I should say, to get lost in the shadows of Michaela Coulihan and Elise Flake right. and Cameron Tucker and all the goal scorers. So who deserves more attention? I think Alyssa Jefferson definitely deserves more attention. Not only is she a talented player. I mean, I'm always referring to her as like the brick wall of the team because she's so hard to get past. I mean, I've been victims to some of those slide tackles before. Like, they come out of nowhere. <laughs> you think you've beaten her and you step in front of her, and then all of a sudden you're like on the ground and she's taking the ball away from you. She's ferocious. She is ferocious. She's talented. But the other thing is she's very much a leader on the field. So as that center back, she can see the whole field in front of her. And you see her if you watch her during the game. She does a great job of coordinating with her defensive line when to step, when to pull a trap, when to hold back. She tells her midfield where to distribute when their backs to goal. So she is a player that I think deserves far more attention than I think she is already getting. Still unbeaten. Let's keep that going. Carlos Wetzel has them with us on BYU Sports Nation. All right, go on the record. What final score? What, what score do you expect tonight from BYU and Louisville? Are we, okay. pi- are we doing a Herb Street? She's calling the game. She's not going to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. <laughs> okay. 
So here are my predictions. I don't think Louisville scores. Okay. Um, they haven't shown to have an offense that is super strong. Their leading scorer only has eight goals. I think BYU gets three. Okay. So I think they win three to nothing. So three to nothing. I think they score two goals in the first half. Oh, all right. It's very specific. I like it. Okay. What minutes? No, just kidding. We're good. <laughs> Carla, great to talk hey, to thanks, you. Thanks, Carla. Thank you. Look forward to a fun night. Okay, if you want to watch Arkansas NC State on WCC Network, that's at uh, 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain coming up uh, today. And then, of course, 8 Eastern and uh, 5 Pacific, BYU Louisville on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Coming up, what one fan did for her dad in the hospital that Cougar Nation can all relate to. And can you name all of the Great Lakes? I mean, all of yeah, them. Yeah, all of them. This is BYU Sports Nation. All of them, Carla. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The show's on demand on the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. I'm going to say it every day until you get it. Do you have it yet? <laughs> There were some fantastic things that found uh, their way to the social medias yesterday. We call this In Case You Missed It. And, Jerem, I'm starting with something from at BYU Women's Volleyball on Twitter, at BYUW Volleyball. They sent out a tweet that said, going to tell our kids that this is one of the five Great Lakes. And it's a picture of Mary Lake. Mary. By the way, can you name all of the original Five Great Lakes. Let's do it together. Ready? Lake Lake Michigan, Michigan, Lake Erie, Erie, Lake Huron, Lake Ontario, Ontario, and Lake Superior, Superior, and Lake Mary. Mary. There are six Great Lakes. Okay. Diane Lake. That's his legal name. Maybe there are seven Great Lakes. Football name's gone. Tack on the two from BYU. Okay, mine go, uh, or another, uh, in case you missed it, Mark Waite. He's a uh, longtime radio host on uh, Classical 89, BYU Radio now. I tweeted uh, out last night, we did a show, uh, a Christmas show we recorded that'll come out on, on BYU Radio. Super excited. With all the hosts on BYU Radio, it was so fun, right? But you look in the picture, and uh, Mark Waite in the uh, back right doesn't look so happy. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't look excited to be there. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Someone's like, did he get some coal? I was like, that's a real possibility. <laughs> Mark's a car guy. I appreciate it. We have some good conversations about cars. Um, uh, think about, yeah, think about those Audis in that moment, Mark. Maybe we'll get a smile out of him. <laughs> My other, in case you missed it, Jerem. Brandon Davies, making an appearance last night, had 10 points, 5 rebounds, and a Barcelona win last night. He also posted this dunk, tweeted out by the team. Davies retweeted the photo with hashtag mailman, an ode to yeah. Carl Malone. He, he likes to jazz. He's Get it, Provo. Brandon. He's from Provo. a boy, 7-2 and two in EuroLeague. Okay, mine goes to uh, Ben Simmons, uh, another one. Uh, made a three-pointer, his first career three-pointer. So let's list things that have happened equal to or as many times as Ben Simmons has made threes in the NBA. Okay. BYU's won a national title. Okay. BYU Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> Two World Wars. There's been more World Wars than Ben Simmons has threes. Okay. Raptors won the NBA title and definitely Land Before Time movies. Just way more than Ben Simmons has made threes <laughs> in the NBA. All right, let's team up for this final one. This is from at NW Cunningham. Madden had an update yesterday. Included in that was an addition to the Saints playbook called the what, Jerem? Taysom Hill package. You can line Taysom up at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. That's awesome. That's amazing. It only took them 11 weeks into the season. He's got his own playbook package in Madden. That's awesome. 
Outstanding. Like the kid from Pocatello, the white dude with the knee brace that just shredded up Texas. Like, it's just the best. Those are your, in case you missed it, gems on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Our question of the day, which BYU football player will benefit the most from playing the dead last 130th ranked UMass defense and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At CL underscore living on Twitter answers, Kyrus Tonga, got to improve that ball what? control in the scrum package. What? Is Kyrus going to get touchdown number two against UMass? I don't no, think no. so. That was a one-time thing, right? No, that was, that was I, a one-time thing. It was actually two-time. Time he fumbled thing. and luckily recovered. For some reason, they didn't review it. Uh, it might have been Idaho State's had they done that. But then he gets the touchdown right after that. Oh, there was a penalty. Okay. That's why. Yeah. Okay, I was like, why did they go to twice? That's awesome. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, I'm giving mine to one of our colleagues from BYU Radio, Sam Payne. He put together a Christmas special that we were a part of last night. You're going to be able to hear it in a few weeks. Sam Payne is an absolute entertainer. Yeah, he fun. can do any and every voice. And what's the ninja voice that he used to do when the commercial? Secret fighter. Yeah, secret fighter. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Love Sam Payne. At Kelly underscore BYU fan uh, gets my uh, rise and shout out, as well as her dad, Randy Woodall, who is a big-time BYU fan. He's at the University of Utah Hospital, hence the Utah Cup, in a video we're about to show you, fighting a complication from a procedure for liver disease. We're hoping for the best today, with Randy still working with him. Last night, he wasn't very responsive, so uh, Kelly pulled up the 1990 Miami game on a laptop and showed it to him. She told me that his feet started to move. Oh, that's fantastic. So, So... of all the games to show dad, the big-time BYU fan, the, the, the greatest win in BYU history, the 90 Miami game. And what, a, what a great opportunity. So I imagine she pulled up uh, BYUtv.org or the app or whatever. So, oh. But best wishes for Randy and Kelly and the whole family. Yeah. Well, Kelly is a cancer survivor herself. Yeah. Like that family has uh, been through a lot. Very, very strong. We wish you the best. Randy, get better. And we can all relate to throwing up the 90 Miami Oh, game. man. It's great That's game. so fantastic. It's a great game. I love it. I can't wait for tonight, by the way. Women's soccer? Huge night. Second, second round? Let's go. Our thanks to today's guest, Carlos Wenson Haslam, who's going to call both NCAA tournament matches, one on the WCC Network, the other on BYU TV. And Jonathan Tavernari brought his Overdressed. takes on basketball with a suit on. Overdressed. No bueno. No bang. Sorry to do this bit, and we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUF. Nice sweater, Jerem. And for, Jer- and for Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Chloe Coulihan. It's all about those Coulihans. BYU Soccer tonight on BYU TV, BYU Radio 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Beat the Cardinals. Go Cougs.